0: Welcome to another episode of the No Notes Podcast. My name is Morgan. I'm JD. And today we have a very special episode. We are talking romance movies. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's go. Um, We've got our pink and red theme today. We are in the mood for some romance Valentine's Day cheese films. (laughs) films. <laughs> this episode's
1: going to come out on Valentine's Day, right? Yes. So perfect Valentine's Day. Appropriate Sit
0: list. down with the one you love and talk about <laughs> some the romance good, the films bad, and us. the ugly in romance films. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel in general about Valentine's Day, romance movies, rom-coms,
1: yeah, love. <laughs> I love love. I'm engaged happily. Shout out Mariana. Um, can't wait for our wedding. Uh, and I love romance movies. I think generally, I don't know. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big sucker for a good romance. I mean, when I was a kid, Ron and Hermione in Harry Potter who was uh, was a big proponent of that. When I was reading the books, I was wow. like, oh yeah, like I love those guys. Um, I don't know if romance has ever been like a huge. Genre for me, but I think I really appreciate a good romantic relationship put to screen because I just love seeing love. I love love. I love Valentine's Day, Mm -hmm. especially you know being engaged and having Valentine's Day together (laughs) is going to be awesome. (laughs) Very very much looking forward to it. Yeah, and so yeah, I think uh, I don't know if it's ever been the biggest genre for me, but I do appreciate a good romance. I know I have a couple screen romances that I really really love.
0: I think I'm probably the same. I I hate romantic comedies so like people always think i hate watching romance movies and like i love romance movies hate most rom-coms do you Um, like
1: the dramatic like very serious yeah here's what a relationship i want
0: it to like hurt a little bit or like (laughs) be so happy that i'm crying at the end Okay. (laughs) okay um but i do love valentine's day i also love love who doesn't um I guess people who don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: but then a lot of people wish that they had it. And yeah. So they have some love for the love that they might
0: have. Exactly. Um, um I am a huge huge fan of Valentine's Day. I, it's probably in my top 3 holidays. Um probably number 2 if it's between 4th of July and Valentine's Day for that number 2 spot um behind Halloween. behind Halloween of course. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, And part of that is because, like, I love, it's another um, holiday that you get to see, like, movies kind of, like, based around it. You know, like, you always have the horror movies coming out on Halloween, and you always have some cheesy movie coming out on Valentine's Day. It's, like, the whole, like, on Valentine's Day, like, on Christmas Day, like, it's one of those. Let's go Um, watch
1: Jennifer Lopez and Marry Me, you know, something like that. That was a big Valentine's (laughs) movie a couple years ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah. I don't know how many people actually go to the theaters on Valentine's Day, but it must be a lot because I feel like they do a lot of special things for it
1: yeah like I got the AMC notification that a ghost story is coming to theaters for valentine's day only which I don't think is a very valentiney movie
0: no but I am actually going to watch it I already got my ticket (laughs) Um, is your husband going no he he's gonna be working um until very late so I was like I'm gonna go sit alone and cry and watch a ghost story on valentine's day because that's what AMC wants me to do and I will do anything for them (laughs) Um, Fair I'm much. so excited. I love it. movie. Uh, but yeah, Valentine's Day in the theaters is always crazy. Sometimes they have like <laughs> two like super opposing films coming out. I think two... this year,
1: I know it's Madam Web. Yes. Uh, the Bob Marley biopic mm-hmm. and Lisa Frankenstein, which yes. is a movie about a girl who falls in love with a corpse she reanimates. Yeah. It right? looks so bad, but I um, will watch it. Also, so bad. <laughs> so again, like, so, like one of those is like actually a romantic movie. One's yeah. like a superhero movie. One's a yeah. musical biopic. But it's like, but they know that people go to the movies as a date because it's Valentine's Day. And so they're yeah. trying to put movies that a lot of people are going to want to see for a date. I think mm-hmm. that's the Bob Marley and the Madam Webb strategy.
0: I might be remembering this wrong, but I think when "Marry Me" came out was also Sonic Two, <laughs> or the first Sonic was coming out that same day. That's funny, and it was a tough choice for me. <laughs> but yes, we love we love Valentine's Day. We love love. Um, let's just get right into favorite um, romance movies let's do like a our favorite our least favorite um maybe like some guilty pleasures and that'll kind of kick off talking about romance as a genre in general do
1: you want to go first
0: i'll go first um my favorite i wrote down five that are like oh wow not only my favorite romance films but also like probably in my top 20 i have us and them which is a chinese film it it follows a couple as through like a long amount of time on Chinese New Year and it like cuts back and forth um, between what happens. And then number two, I have Your Name. These are in no specific order. Yeah. Um, love Your Name. We talk about it all the time. Uh, a classic Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <gasps> yeah, um, that's a good one. And then The Beauty Inside is a Korean one. Uh, it's a little different than my other choices, but I just really like it. It, like, puts a little happy feeling in my heart. <laughs> and then The Lobster, which is oh, also wow. sad and creepy. <laughs> I don't know if I
1: put The Lobster on my list, but, yeah, that totally applies. Oh, yeah.
0: I love The movie so crazy. What's, what's your favorites?
1: Um, I... I have a good mix here. I love Moonstruck. Have you ever seen this?
0: No. With
1: Cher and Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And there's also like, it's a whole movie just about love. There's like a main love story with Cher and Nicolas Cage, but also Cher's parents have kind of their own quasi love stories going on. Mm. Uh, it's super funny, super sweet, just a super charming movie uh casablanca has like probably the greatest screen romance of all time you've Another, seen casablanca i
0: right? have not i'm oh, so sorry no. i know i know it's uh, the bruise movie <laughs> i'll watch it one day pretty amazing that's a movie swap
1: <laughs> candidate um <Yeah. laughs> casablanca amazing movie first of all one of the greatest movies ever made but also has like a great romance at the center of it um the princess bride I, I would say is one. Classic. like
0: I wouldn't think of that as romance, but.
1: It's more, it's got it like fantasy is. stuff, but it's got a romance yeah. at the center, and I think that that movie is a childhood classic, and it yeah. really holds up <laughs> as a grown up. Uh, when Harry Met Sally is another one, I would say. Have you seen this one? Yeah, I hate that movie. <laughs> wow, I thought this movie was so cute. I watched this on a plane and was like, <laughs>
0: wow, love is so great. <laughs> yeah. A plane is like... a good place to watch when he <laughs> met Sally. I can't explain why. <laughs> That's pretty funny.
1: Um, and then Your Name was another one that I would say. Like I, I watched I've only seen Your Name once for our movie swap we did last year. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. And the romance in it was so sweet and earnest. Um, I also do love Eternal Sunshine. That's an honorable
0: mention yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then everyone's favorite. What do you hate? What is your least favorite romance films?
1: I, I kind of had a hard time with this one, honestly. but I, I didn't. <laughs> Then please take it away. Um,
0: number one, Titanic. I hate <laughs> Titanic. I think it's the worst movie ever. <laughs> okay. Um, but also the romance in it is really, really bad. Um, and then 13 going on 30 is a hot take. I know people like that movie. I think it's gross, and I will stand by that until the day I die. And okay. then my third one, I just put anything that happens at Christmas time. I hate <laughs> Christmas movies for the most part and romance movies, especially cheesy ones. And you put those two things together and it's like everyone who's ever made a film like forgets how to do it. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. I know um, for me one that I... Despise, this is kind of a cheesy answer. Uh, <laughs> the Christmas Prince, have you seen this? I the have. Netflix movie? I think so. <laughs> Some friends and I thought it would be fun to watch this because we thought it was like, oh, it'll be so bad, it's it's good. And yeah. it was just so bad. I like, had a hard time <laughs> with that one. Uh, Anyone But You came out last year. Ooh. I was pretty excited about it. I was like, I don't know, Glenn Powell. I like Glenn Powell. Yeah. Maybe it'll be fun. I City heard Swinges that was really good. It. I. No, it's <laughs> not. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, right. it's not. It's not. Uh, I think it could have been better. And then, like, I don't know. Adam Sandler movies typically have like some sort of romance in them.
0: Fifty First Dates.
1: Fifty First Dates is like the one exception okay, I would okay, say. Okay. I actually really do like then Fifty I'll, First Dates, then I'll but let it slide.
0: <laughs> most of
1: the time I feel like like uh, I'm thinking of the of Blended. Have you seen that one? I love
0: Blended. Oh my, no, yeah. <laughs> not okay. because it's good. It, it is right. really
1: bad. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times when you have like cheesy comedies like that, uh, especially ones from like the 2010s like they're not as earnest as they were in like the 90s when you had like really good funny rom-coms like that a lot of ones when you get to like the 2000s or especially 2010s it's been hard to have good romantic comedies that are actually funny and that have good chemistry with the leads i think i was kind of thinking hoping anyone but you might do that and it really fell flat to me they just did not have good chemistry and it was kind of awkward to watch
0: yeah and we'll later too but i think like The reason I don't like most rom-coms is the calm part of that. And I just feel like they never get it right.
1: Except in When Harry Met
0: Sally. Disagree. (laughs) That movie's so funny. Okay, and then A Guilty Pleasure. Because if ever there was a genre that has guilty pleasures, it is romance movies. Absolutely. Mine? Yeah, mine is The Longest Ride. Um, It's not good but i love it i watch it maybe not once a year but maybe once every two years um it is really stupid and the premise is really dumb it, i think it's a nicholas sparks book but the ending gets me every single time and i will continue to rewatch it
1: <laughs> i would say 10 things i hate about you for sure this is a movie yeah. I watch a lot because I love it. <laughs> it's awful. not very good, but I do probably watch this about once a year and enjoy myself every time. It's so goofy and like Daffy and mm. and silly and cute, and I love the leads, and I think it's super fun. Um, I don't know if this really counts either, but Heather's—would you count this as a romance movie?
0: I have not seen I don't know why it. I said that, I that. A romance. A romance movie. Romance movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it.
1: Heathers is another movie that I, like, really have a lot of love for. And it has this very twisted romance at the center. And Heathers is not a movie that is, like, gonna make anybody feel very good. (laughs) Because it's, like, it goes into some pretty dark places. But it is a movie that, you know, you catch me in the right mood, I'm gonna love watching some Heathers.
0: Those are what we love, what we hate. Um, Romance is easy to love and hate. I feel like people are usually one or the other. It's either, like, oh, I love romantic movies or i like hate it and never want to watch them not interested um i think
1: you're right i think for some reason this is the most divisive genre because people yeah. feel like when you put a relationship on screen mm. it can be like disingenuous it doesn't always capture like the hardships of things like that
0: yeah it's easy to it's easy to not do well <laughs> yeah. um but so when you think of like, if someone's like, oh, let's watch this movie. It's a romance. What is the first kind of, like, genre you think of? Like, there's a million genres within romance. Like, you have rom-com. Yeah, you have, like, so romantic drama. I was going to say dramedy. Uh, there's Yeah, there's, like, a million things. Yeah, dramedy things. would apply.
1: Because you can have a really, like, serious intense ones Mm -hmm. um like i was talking to my parents about this one today i've actually never seen it but five feet apart is you know the one that's like about the two kids who have cystic fibrosis and i haven't seen it but i imagine that's like a romance movie because it's about their relationship but it's Mm -hmm. also deeply tragic and so you have the romantic tragedies you also have and so typically if you're gonna say romance movie i feel like my mind would go there. I would think about the sad, like the notebook or a walk to remember or the ones yeah. that end with like somebody dying for some reason, <laughs> you know, like something that is going to really play with your heartstrings. Yeah. That or probably like a rom-com. I don't know. Like, yeah. Crazy Rich Agents is an example of a, a good recent rom-com. Yeah,
0: I think. like and the something proposal. Like that. And, yeah, like the one How ones, to Lose a
1: Guy in 10 Days. Yeah, yeah,
0: the classics. Like <laughs> yeah. It's
1: the cinema, the real cinema.
0: Yeah, yeah. I always um, split romance in between like relationship movies and kind of like it's leading up to a relationship beginning like your
1: name yeah it kind of builds to a relationship the proposal does that you know yeah like... like
0: the finale of the film is the people getting together okay yeah and then there's what I call like real relationships. Um Nice. letterboxed list yeah. name. <laughs> you should put that on the screen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: real relationships. <laughs> it's like they're already in a relationship and they're like working through something mm-hmm. and then it usually ends bad. It tends to be more depressing. But not always. There's... Yeah. I can't think of an example of one that ends well, but it's... <laughs> um... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe Eternal Sunshine. Eternal
1: Sunshine does like, kind of end yeah. well. It depends on how you interpret the ending of Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of movies that track a relationship. Have you seen Before Sunrise?
0: I've seen the other one. There's like okay. three of them. I've there's seen one a, of There's them. a bunch
1: of them. I watched yeah. the first one in preparation mm-hmm. for this podcast yeah. and the whole thing is kind of like if they have one day together mm-hmm. and they're like kind of falling in love and so in a way it captures a lot of what a relationship is like it goes through the Mm -hmm. arc of a relationship in a pretty convincing way and it ends with them like on a happy note even though they're like split up like she has to go back to france he has to go back to america things like that so i don't know um I think, yeah, movies where the people are in a relationship for the whole movie, like Marriage Story, (laughs) ends, like, poorly, terribly.
0: My theory behind this is, like, and also why you just don't see a lot of couples that are happily together in films, is it's just really boring, (laughs) like, it's, like, it's hard to build a story around, like, two people who just, like, get along and live life together and have a good time. I think that's
1: fair to say because one of the key components of story is conflict, right? And so for a story to happen, your characters have to start in one place, a conflict has to come in, they have to end in a different place Mm -hmm. changed by the conflict. It's super like rudimentary basic stuff. (laughs) Like, um, and I'm not really conveying it very well, I don't think, but a lot of times when you have a story that you want to tell, there has to be a change. And a lot of times I think the most satisfying change is, When Harry Met Sally. Like, they're two people who are friends, and they like each other, but they don't like each other in a romantic way, and they have all of this tension building for the entire movie until, bang, they're finally together at the end. And so, like, the conflict is them learning how to be together. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, that's that's Ten Things I Hate About You. That's a little bit Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's kind of your name. And these are really satisfying movies because they build and build and build and then have the climactic tension of the couple getting together Mm -hmm. and then you have the falling action of like a happily ever after or presumed happily ever after but then we don't see what the rest of that relationship is like because you know you have to introduce further conflict Mm -hmm. and I feel like relation like movies like Marriage Story or Casablanca does this where it takes like a couple that has broken up or is in the process of breaking up and like looks at potentially reuniting them and so you have that whole other like you know I, I am struggling to think of an example of a movie that's just, here The only thing together. I can think
0: of is, like, Shrek 2 and 3, like, after they get married. Yeah. But it's, it's not about their relationship. Like, there's lots of, like, happy couples in films, but it's never, like, about them and their relationship, obviously, because that'd be boring. I do see this a lot, though, like, I feel like TV series, it's a lot easier yeah. to, like, have people already in a relationship. Especially if it's, like, a family show or, like, uh, like a friends kind of situation where... It's easy to have like one couple in a group and, and they're like, you know, just living the couple life. But
1: it's it's interesting that you say that because part of the thing with movies and the thing with TV is that, you know, movies are a little more finite. TV is a little more flexible. Mm-hmm. When you watch a TV show, you want to get invested in a couple getting together and then you want to get invested in like watching them continue to like figure out how to be married or how to be, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the fun is. (laughs) And then a movie, you only get a certain amount of time with characters. And so it's like, it feels a little more satisfying to watch them go through something and being changed in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: I kind of just want to get into um, why people love love, why they love watching movies about love. Like what is it that compels us to watch romance so consistently and, and it, just continues to be made even though it's like there's so many tropes that are overdone and done a million times and people still show up and they still love it every single time.
1: All of us to some level we desire community, we desire to be known, right? Like Mm -hmm. one of the best things about being (laughs) in a relationship with someone is the fact that like you have this comfortability, you have this ease with somebody even when there's hard things you can talk openly or frankly and it feels comfortable and so when we see that depicted on screen i think there's some aspect there's like aspirational aspect of it where it's like here you're showing me like a truth about the world and something that i want and so you kind of watch it being like wow doesn't that seem nice but then you also kind of relate to the characters who just are wanting the same things as every person like every person generally wants to be known, to be loved.
0: Yeah. It's just like a super relatable feeling that people think about all the time, constantly. Um, I think that's what's different about, like whenever we're talking about like the reason people love horror, um, which we talked a lot about on here, is like, it's like a feeling that we like to feel and um, it like kind of has this like innate thing inside of us. And this, I feel like, talking about love is that at the core but there's also like so much of like it's also what we deal with every single day in every relationship that we're like working through and it's constantly up and down no matter like what kind of like friends family anything it's just always up and down so no matter like what relationship you throw up on a screen like someone is going to relate to it and I think that's what makes it so great and so sad and so like obsessive and um you know the trope of like i'm thinking of like the first episode of new girl where she moves in and she watches dirty dancing like a hundred times (laughs) because she just went through a breakup like it's that like feeling of connection that you get with like oh like i've been through this And this person not only understands it, but is portraying it like in a safe space where I can like feel those feelings and just cry about their relationship, even though it's like really about my relationship.
1: Yeah, you can see yourself in a romantic movie. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of times like you, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) Because the protagonist, whether they're a guy or a girl, like wants something everybody wants the connection to horror, I think, is interesting because horror is, like, you get to experience these strong emotions that you mm-hmm. might never want to experience in yeah. a vacuum. It's kind of like a thrill ride mm-hmm. is how I think of horror. And then with romance movies, you get to experience, to some degree, like, these strong emotions. But these are emotions that you, you do want to experience. These yeah. are things that you 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 long for, that you seek after, whereas horror is stuff you want to avoid. It's like the other side of the coin. And, like, you get to just celebrate feel experience all of the joys of you know humanity and a lot of times you get to experience the heartbreaks too like la la land is you know (laughs) like it's like super joyous and then it's super heartbreaking and it leaves you with this like incredibly emotional feeling because you're like i just experienced something that is uniquely human in this vacuum like on behalf of these characters with these characters it's something that was translated
0: to me I, I see a lot of things that, um, which, like, I don't know why I keep relating this to horror. But... <laughs> I think
1: it's an interesting connection, honestly. Like, I, I, see, I see where but you're coming from.
0: I hear the same argument for horror and romance and, like, why it's so popular. It's, like, so many people make it because they're both, like, um, almost, like, cheap to make in, in time and writing. And it's something really easy to relate to, really easy to convey. Um, and especially with romance films, it's usually cheap, like you know, you just kind of need two actors, like the before sunset, uh, serious thing. you yeah. just need two actors, like sitting in front of a camera, like talking through feelings. And like, yeah. that's enough to make something that will change a lot of people's lives. And yeah,
1: it... how many romantic movies take place in just like one location, oh, you know? Man, yeah. And it's like, all you need is two actors who have chemistry and that's mm-hmm. where the tension is. Yeah.
0: Which is also what makes it so hard, though, is, like, it feels easy. It feels yeah. like, oh, like, just write a love story. Um, but there's so many that um, I think acting is huge in romance. Um, I think you're right. Again, the opposite of horror. Like, it's really easy to, like, scream and look scary um, sometimes. You know, but there's nuances to all of this. If you're going to
1: act in a romantic movie, you've got to yeah. tap into something that is a lot deeper than like fear
0: and you can't just be good like the person opposite you also has to be has that chemistry with each other that's the problem with anyone but you you. yeah yeah (laughs) anyone but you
1: sydney sweeney like no chemistry with Mm -hmm. glenn powell like same vice versa you know it's like these guys just don't feel like they have tension with each other they don't feel like Mm -hmm. they like each other in the movie at least I know there's some rumors about what went on behind the scenes, like, and then the whole movie kind of falls apart because you don't feel like these characters actually like or dislike each other in a, in a strong way. Yeah. But like some of the best, like say anything has great chemistry with the two leads, even though the movie is like, to me, the movie is like just okay. But the chemistry with the two leads is what makes that movie work so well yeah. is because you just, you buy into the fact that these two teenagers who are kind of quirky and weird match each other's energies in a mm-hmm. specific way. And then you kind of go along with it.
0: Um, let's take a break here and then, uh, we'll end it with going more deep into like the good, the bad, and the ugly and some of our favorites and why we think they're our favorites. So we'll be back. Welcome back to the no notes podcast, talking all things, Valentine's day, romance movies, romance tropes, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I want to get into more specifics of what we think really sells a good romance on either side for like a romantic comedy because there are good romantic comedies there's some that i really like i i kind of like the proposal (laughs) (laughs) okay and um and then also on the other side of like a more serious like dramedy dramedy that's like the only word i can think of right now is dramedy um and like giving some examples and like what our favorite is and why and
1: so what would you say is like the biggest thing that makes a convincing relationship on screen
0: I think for me specifically and I know this is not an objective thing or fair at all but being able to relate to something yeah I think um like watching a movie like marry me right this is a bad example but it's on my mind <laughs> it's like about jennifer lopez and she's like this pop star or whatever and like it's yeah. a cute movie and they have a nice relationship but it's like so unrelatable that like i couldn't quite connect with it um but when a movie is just like really real like like I think like a marriage story where it's like they have the stupidest fights sometimes it's like almost comical the like little things they're fighting about but like you know obviously there's bigger issues I think things like that really sell it and I think that's like people kind of writing what they know and like you can feel like the real stupid things that People struggle with in relationships and like dealing with that so I think like it comes down to writing the characters because what happens is it's either like either a man is writing the story or a woman is writing the story and when it comes to a romance it's like really hard to be biased about like when you're writing a problem in a relationship like who's right who's wrong kind of thing so when you can get that right it's really impressive I'm thinking like Tick tick boom, yeah. is pretty good on both sides. That's and then um, one I saw recently on TikTok, uh, which I actually haven't seen this movie, but um, I think it's a musical. Uh, the last five years, which I I've never seen this, think no. we talked. About, yeah, I haven't either. I think
1: I think Iris brought this up on our musicals episode. Yeah,
0: it's like uh, just the two relationship, and it. I think they're like at, they're at the breakup at the beginning, and then it goes through the last five years. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. one of the critiques I saw of that is that it's very. It's supposed to be equal. Like, they're both supposed to be wrong, but it's written by a man and some people... I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to say if this is true or not, <laughs> right, but some people think that, like, it's really obvious that the man is wrong in this situation. and Interesting. I think having a realistic fight where both people feel like they're in the right is really hard when it's a relationship. Um, yeah, I think you're right. La La Land kind of hits on this, and I think it does yeah. a really good job of it. Um,
1: I think La is another really great example where it's like, I feel like both parties in the relationship mm-hmm. are very fleshed out and you yeah. understand where both of them are coming from. I do think that when Harry met Sally does this well, where it's like, you know, you understand the faults in both of them and mm-hmm. that Harry's like kind of a, kind of a dumb dumb, <laughs> but you understand at least where he's coming from and why he's saying the things that he's saying because yeah. the movie's done the legwork to establish his viewpoint on relationships as mm-hmm. well as Sally's and why they aren't able to come together. I, I think a two-sided romance is hard to do, but when executed well is really, really good. You know yeah. a movie that I actually like on that front? I would say is Tangled. Do you count this as a romance movie? Oh,
0: yeah, for sure. <laughs> I feel like it's it's
1: so cute, and both yeah. um, Rapunzel and Flynn Rider are like, you understand where each of them are coming from, and when mm-hmm. there's like the tension of, you know, the mom, like, convincing Rapunzel that he's betrayed her. Yeah. You know from understanding both of their viewpoints equally that that's not the case, and you feel a lot of the tension there. Movies that are a lot more one-sided in romance, I think um, something like Forgetting Sarah Marshall is very one-sided to the man. Mm. Pride and Prejudice is a little sided towards towards Elizabeth. (laughs) You really don't understand what's going on with Mr. Darcy for a lot of it. And some Mm. of that's in the book, and it's really Elizabeth's story, but the romance there... Like, the reveals about what Mr. Darcy was really doing yeah. bring the, like, conflict of the story to a resolution, but you don't really see his standpoint. Um, I, think, I think... Yeah.
0: Um, like, classic ones from when I was in middle school, high school, uh, The Fault in Our Stars and, like, <laughs> If yeah. I Stay, like, those kinds of movies are very heavy, like, you care about the relationship, but because, like, the girl cares about the relationship and you don't really know like what all the guys kind of putting in because it's just like a, a teenage yeah. girl thing and
1: Howl's Moving Castle is kind of like that to me where yeah. I feel like you don't know what Howl is doing or putting into any yeah. of the relationship <laughs> and Sophie is just like pining for him the entire movie and the mm. movie it just ends with them being together kind of like out of nowhere that's okay. what was one of my biggest problems with Howl's Moving Castle like it felt like the relationship was totally one sided and mm-hmm. then it came out of nowhere them being together and yeah. that is something that bothers me <laughs> um,
0: warm bodies
1: I've never seen this. this I is a feel zombie like, movie? Yeah,
0: it's 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 a romance for sure. It's um it's Romeo and Juliet, but okay, he's a zombie. Sure. Um, it's very <laughs> like he's a zombie, but you're in his head, and then she like can talk, so you're not like in her head. Got it. Uh, but it's very much like oh, he like loves her, but the the motives are just not there. And I think that's mm-hmm. another huge thing with romance is like. You can't just like say, oh, they love each other, that's the motive. Like, they love each other, they're trying to work it out because they have to have a reason that they love each other. I think it's really easy to just be like, here's two fully fleshed out characters, and also they're in love, and you kind of miss the the buildup of the relationship of like why they're in love, how they fell in love, what they love about each other that kind of yeah. like pushes.
1: How to lose a guy in 10 days. And we'll talk about this later. We talk about mm-hmm. pet peeves, I think, but <laughs> um, like how to lose a guy in 10 days is entirely built around the lie. And so the real relationship that happens really does just come out of nowhere yeah. Again, and not in a compelling way, like pride and prejudice in a way that I was just like, <laughs> okay, I guess because the movie has to happen they're in love now. Like Hell's Moving (laughs) Castle. I'm like, I guess, because the movie has to happen, they're in love now. It's like, they don't really establish like why these two characters would like each other or find value in each other. I love when movies do that. Your Name is a great example of that. Establishing why two people would find complementary like values in each other and Mm -hmm. would want to build a relationship off of that. Um, La La Land does that too, even though it ends in a heartbreak. Out of Sight (laughs) is a great movie. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Out of Mm -hmm. Sight. It's like a crime movie about george clooney's a bank robber jennifer lopez is a federal marshal but they have a lot of chemistry and they kind of fall in love and it's like but the movie goes through a lot to establish like why they would at least be attracted to each other why they both think there could be more in the relationship and ultimately why there you know isn't but the movie works a lot of stuff in to make their relationship feel real and foundational and grounded breakfast yeah. at tiffany's is another great example of this mm. have you seen breakfast at tiffany's no. <laughs> But it's another great example of this where it's like you understand why these two characters would have a lot of love for each other because Mm -hmm. the script puts a lot of their individual distinct personalities into it and shows how their virtues or vices complement each other in a compelling way.
0: Yeah. Um, Which like feels like so obvious, but it really does make the difference in in all of these films. Um, I think so.
1: I think as much as I love 10 Things I Hate About You, it doesn't go as far in that regard. I mean, actually, it kind of does with the, with the main <laughs> relationship. The sub-relationship with Joseph Gordon-Levitt is kind of like, all right, they like each other now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but when a movie can, like, again, that's like that's my big problem with Houseman and Castle, my big mm-hmm. problem with How Does the Guy in 10 Days. Um, but when a movie like Your Name or a movie like Breakfast at Tiffany's can go so far to sell why both parties would be interested in each other. Like I've never seen Fault in Our Stars, but you're saying Mm -hmm. it's more like the girl's side of the story. Yeah. yeah. Like why does he like her? Just because he's this magical guy who likes her (laughs) or because like a virtue's in her. It's like when you can show both sides of a romance and why both people are attracted, it's a lot easier to buy into this and get on both people's side.
0: Yeah. Which just brings out all of the depth of like every single interaction that happens, no matter how small and stupid they are. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Another one of my favorites that does that same thing is Phantom of the Opera. Um, I've never seen Phantom Dude, it's so good. But it's the, the love is really questionable in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have anything else that you want to point out that like pet peeves, the bad and the ugly part of this before we just go all in on what we love about our favorites?
1: I, bad to me mm-hmm. is um, movies that are premised on a lie. This is like a pet peeve I have of movies in general, but yeah, the, the trope of like movies being like, move or like their relationship being based on a lie, yeah. um, not, not in like the don't worry darling sense where like he's literally <laughs> trapped her in yeah. a prison That's of like his own creation.
0: The but, absolute worst um, of this exact thing.
1: Yes. Um. But, like, the proposal to some extent is, like, okay, you know, even though they're both in on the lie, it's premised on a lie for the family. She's the man. It's premised on a lie. Like, she's pretending to be a man. Um, And, I don't know, movies like that that start off from, like, a point of deception that, like, becomes love. I know it's, like, it goes back to even Shakespeare would do that. But that just, like, bothers me because you have to go through a whole, like liar is revealed and it's dramatic and it's Mm -hmm. like blah blah blah
0: it just feels like they're doing the like miscommunication trope without like actually doing it but it's just as annoying it's like No, they're not just, like, not telling each other how they feel, which is also super annoying. When it's, like, they both clearly love each other, but they just, like, (laughs) they just bounce around and, like, won't ever say it. Like, this is just as bad of... um
1: That, too. Yeah. Which is... Is that your problem with when Harry met Sally? (laughs) Is that they Probably, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, but... (laughs) Okay.
0: I remember hating both of them by the end of it. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) But... There are movies that like have because I'm all I'm trying to like say this in, that doesn't sound in a bad way. Um, <laughs> there's movies that have like toxic relationships that are still like great movies. Um, like *Crimson Peak* is what I'm thinking okay, of, never seen and this. Um,
1: *The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes*. *The Ballad Honestly? of Songbirds*. <laughs> like, uh, what's, the,
0: what's the *Phantom Thread*? Oh, like, those kinds of great like I would example. count them as romances, but they like are in no way like oh I want this kind of relationship.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of Phantom Thread. That yeah. is like the ultimate toxic relationship yeah. movie. But again, the whole movie just shows the arc of their relationship. Yeah, and the movie is amazing. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> I love it like very very much. But it's also like it is not aspirational in any way. <laughs> um, that's yeah. a great. So point. it can
0: be a romance and still be like, you know, not. Cute lovey dovey, I wish I had this kind of guy. <laughs> that's
1: a great point. Yeah. Because that's what I was thinking of a marriage story. Is like this yeah. is a movie about the end of a romance. Yeah. And movies can depict I think Phantom Thread is a super interesting point. If you haven't seen Phantom Thread, you should absolutely watch it. It's okay. it's marvelous. Because when I think about romance movies, I guess I do always think about the ones that have at least somewhat of a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, The romantic thing is the happy ending, (laughs) so but the other side of the romance is the breakup. Mm -hmm. And when you can depict either the breakup or the toxic relationship that continues, even though it shouldn't, like you're showing another very real side of romance that's Mm -hmm. not as happy as I tend to think of romance movies being,
0: yeah. Um, another, another pet peeve of mine is I'm looking at my list and I see a star is born. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that movie among many others really like is there, it's about a relationship and it's like these two people falling in love or fighting or falling out of love. And then they're also trying to sell this like random storyline on the side. I think like Notting Hill does this which is another really popular one that I hate (laughs) where they're like it's about a relationship and like that's what you're there for like it's a romance movie but then you have to spend like an hour and a half of the film time like is she gonna make it as a pop star like I just don't Uh, care about it because like I'm not here for this and it like becomes I think Notting Hill she's like a, a writer or an actor it's been a while writer and actress or something where it's like such a terrible side story to supplement the relationship but it's not like thought out and so all of it just turns out bad. <laughs>
1: yeah. I totally understand though, but it's yeah. like when you're distracting from the romance which is mm-hmm. in paper, you know, like what I'm here to see. Yeah. It, with something that is, isn't as powerful, isn't as strong, that makes sense. Because yeah. there are plenty of movies that have like romantic subplots that aren't necessarily romance movies. Yeah. But Notting Hill, I think, is supposed to be a movie about their relationship. Mm. And when you have this other stuff going on, it's like, <laughs> or A Star is Born, it's like a movie about their relationship. But also, yeah. what do you think about movies where, speaking of A Star is Born, <laughs> <laughs> one of the people dies at the end?
0: I Sometimes it's really cheap. Like yeah. I feel like that's where you're going with it. I've seen a lot that's of really what I
1: think, but yeah, I don't like Yeah, there's
0: that. a lot of good ones. I'm trying to think of one um <laughs> like The Fault in Our Stars um I think like it's a really cheesy like teenage one, but someone dies at the end and it doesn't feel like all is lost kind of thing. I think that's the problem with it is it feels like the really basic like um the the thing they like tell new filmmakers to not do where you're like uh you wake up and and you're late and like everything goes wrong and everything goes wrong and then you like get to school in the morning and it's like oh there's no school that's mm. kind of what it feels yeah. like where it's like oh like you're you're cheering you're fighting for this they're fi- they're fighting you're like Going, going, and you just like want this relationship to happen, and then and then it's like, oh yay, things are good, and then it's like, oh now they're dead, and it doesn't really mean <laughs> anything. There. It's like, why did I just go
1: through everything I went through, yeah, for like, yeah, just yeah, for, just to be like depressed at the end. There's definitely
0: good ways to do it because it is a real thing that like happens to people, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just can't think of one that um, happens. I feel the same way about like when they like don't end up together in the end as well, and it's like all oh, yeah. about their relationship. Um, I feel like if you make it pretty obvious that they're not going to get together, then it's not as disappointing as when it like feels like everything's getting really good. And then it's like, Oh, just kidding. One stupid thing happened at the end and now they're not together.
1: (laughs) For whatever reason, I have more patience for that. Like,
0: yeah. Like they don't
1: get together at the Mm -hmm. end and it's like, but you kind of understand where the the breakup happened. Then just like one of them dying and it's like, well, this is so unceremonious. It's like, they could have been happy, but now it's just, all right, well, yeah. I guess, you know, like, it's not like I've wasted my time, but it's like, <laughs> why? Like, why did I just sit through this for someone to die? So like, now I'm like, now I'm just yeah. bummed, you know? Um, so, yeah. That's and probably my last, like, big pet peeve. It's like, yeah. this is not something that I... But it, that's also more of, like, a personal...
0: Oh, yeah. Some people probably, like, live for that, you know? <laughs> okay. And then let's finish on a good note, as always. Um, what... Is your favorite trope we can do? What is your favorite movie and why? Like, what are the things they do right? Like, sell a romance movie or trope to the audience.
1: <laughs> you know, I I probably would have said something like Moonstruck or mm-hmm. When Harry Met Sally, say anything. I love the ones that are just very... Breakfast at Tiffany's is an example of this, where it's just very earnest real stripped down it's just about two people mm-hmm. who find each other and kind of have to battle to get together and then end up together and it feels nice yeah. um i love movies that are like that I, I really like movies that are a little bit smaller before sunrise would be an example of this yeah. too where it's like it's more intimate it kind of focuses on the characters and what's going on inside instead of some big like external conflict eternal sunshine of spotless mind has like this big premise that's yeah. like super abstract but then it centers it on their romance and does pretty well Mm -hmm. but it does kind of lose focus at points and so for me, my favorite trope probably is the Before Sunrises the When Harry Met Sallys, the ones I keep referencing um, Moonstruck where it's just about people falling in love and finding a way to work out being together. On the other side of that though, Phantom Thread is one of I think (laughs) the greatest movies of the 2010s (laughs) And is the exact opposite of what I was just talking about, yeah. but is no less, like, an amazing achievement mm. of movie making and of storytelling. It's, like, a stunning movie. And I, I, I would pitch that movie really hard to anybody who just wants to watch yeah. an amazing piece of art. Yeah. Know that you're not getting a satisfying romance, <laughs> but also know that you're getting an amazing work of art. Yeah, absolutely. So that's probably my favorite trope and some of my favorite romance movies that I just yeah. throw out. Um,
0: Um, I have been thinking about this episode for a very long time, um, and I love Valentine's Day, and, uh, I always try to explain to people that I do like romance, even though I hate rom-coms, because it's always like, oh, yeah, let's watch a romance, and then everything they come up with, I'm like, I hate that movie. Um, so I was trying to think of, like, what do I actually like, um, and I kind of shoved it all into a little ball, and I think the trope that I love the most is love and time, and like how they affect each other.
1: It's a cool, cool premise. Cool
0: um, and like almost all of my favorites go into this, and then a few others. I'm thinking like Twilight. Okay. Okay. Not the main theme, but like a main theme of their relationship is like <laughs> they have like forever is eternally for them. Like they're yeah. in whatever immortal, you know. So like that is kind of to do with that. Um, I really like us and them, which is a told out of order what is that called uh, non-linear yes non-linear timeline of their relationship and like how it goes good or bad uh your name same kind of thing a lot to do with time and like waiting for each other um eternal sunshine of the spotless mind time healing i think Maybe that's, like, the underneath of it is, like, the healing of time that is necessary for relationships. Um, and uh, La La Land is one of these where, like, it, it covers a large span of their lives. Um, so I think that is what my conclusion... Um, a ghost story is a great one. It is literally all about time. That's probably, It's more about time than it is about romance, um, in my opinion. Um, and I think it's, like it's really hard to tell these stories because you're like going through so much in such a short amount of time. I mean, you're, t- you're trying to tell an entire life of a relationship in two hours. Like I can't even imagine, like I think of like my relationship, like we've been married for a little over a year and I'm like, I can't imagine putting that all into a movie, yet alone like a whole lifetime of like being with someone or like trying to be with someone and then like throwing that all into a movie. So I think I like it because it's really hard to do well. And when it is done really well, it means a lot. And it feels really heavy of, like, everyone has has had any kind of relationship, like, friendships especially. You know, I, we're both pretty young. But <laughs> where it's, like, you – it's just, like, years and years go by, and it just means more that way. So I think that is my favorite kind of romance. And I kind of watching all the ones that I loved, I was like, this is a – A hard thing to do, but I think when you do it well, it is really, really worth it. Yeah. Um,
1: If you could recommend one movie for people to watch on Valentine's Day when this episode comes out.
0: Go watch a ghost story in theaters <laughs> on Valentine's Day. It will change your life. <laughs> um,
1: if you're single or if you're together. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's, oh man, it's so good. It's not, I it, I don't even think it's a romantic movie. I don't know why they're playing it on Valentine's <laughs> Day. I guess it is. No, it is. I don't know. I've only seen it once and it was a long time ago and I've thought about it every single day since. So <laughs> okay. I think that's a great Valentine's movie. Um, if you're just feeling like, you don't want something fun.
1: <laughs> I think you should watch The Big Sick. Have you seen this?
0: <gasps> no, but you've told me a lot about it.
1: It's a uh, really great, based on yeah. a true story, love story that also deals with like health crises and uh, like it involves like your relationship with your in-laws, and it's just a very sweet movie. And mm-hmm. I think people should watch it. Super underrated, I think.
0: Yeah. All right. That's all we have. Enjoy your Valentine's Day and go out there and watch some movies about love. Um, We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.